This is a shock podcast. Hello and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that greets people by slow blinking, just like a cat. I am Faisal American, and just like a cat, I like to pee everywhere. What can I say? I'm territorial that way. With me is Nicholas John. Hello, hello. His cat-like behavior is to show people his belly to prove he's non-threatening. And uh, also, we have Karami Kamil. What's happening, guys? He's back after being spayed and neutered. (laughs) Now, in case you've been wondering what's up with all the cat references, uh, West Ham defender Kurt Zuma found himself in a bit of trouble this week after viral videos showed him slapping, kicking and throwing a cat. As you expect, all hell broke loose. Uh, He's under investigation by animal welfare authorities. Uh, His cats have been taken away to safety. He also lost a key sponsorship deal. He's been condemned by the club and fined. But uh, Hammers boss David Moyes still decided to play him in their 1-0 win over Watford, which did not go down well with a few people. And when I say a few people, I mean just about everybody whose name is not David Moyes. Uh, guys, there's no argument that what he did was absolutely horrendous. Uh, but playing him just a few days after the news broke, it makes you wonder what Moyes was thinking, right? Yeah, correct. And and this is a PR disaster for Moyes, for West Ham. And it, it was a case of them, I think, not reading the room, so to speak. Now, let's be clear. Kurt Zuma was caught on video doing some horrible things to his pet cat. We're, we're not talking about forgetting to feed the cat kind of thing. This is downright animal cruelty. So, while I don't agree with some people's calls for Kurt Zuma to be sacked, not yet at least, I feel that West Ham could have handled the situation a bit better. Uh, You mentioned the player has been fined. That's well and good. But I I think the club should have left him out of the squad for the time being while the case is being investigated. In fact, um, lower league side Dagenham and Redbridge have done exactly that. They have announced that Kurt's brother Johan Zuma will not play for the team uh, until the RSPCA completes its investigation into the case. So in, in, in case you don't know, uh, Johan was the one who was reportedly shooting the video uh, showing Kurt abusing the cat. So so yeah, the general consensus is uh, that West Ham could have handled this situation much, much better. Yes, I agree with Nick, but I have a rather unpopular opinion, I guess. You uh, are unpopular, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not saying that what Kurt Zuma did was not that bad. It is bad. It was bad. But I think this thing has has been taken too far. You know, uh, the thing that goes on previously with the Black Lives Matter, I think that was a more serious issue compared to kicking a cat to me. So, I don't know. Maybe this has been taken to... Uh, larger proportion than it should have been. Mm-hmm. I agree with Nick. Uh, Zuma should not have played. Uh, West Ham should have 
been better. Moyes, Moyes, I I don't know what was Moyes thinking, putting him in the starting lineup. But yes, uh, but, but we'll just wait for the for the investigation, I guess. The decision to put him in the match uh, had some consequences. Throughout the game, Zuma was targeted by both sets of fans. Uh, he was booed whenever he touched the ball. Uh, they were singing songs, making fun of him. And when he was brought down in a challenge, uh, the crowd yelled something like, uh, well, that's how your cat feels. So bravo, <laughs> both <laughs> Both sets of fans. Uh, after that, though, um, a few sponsors have uh, also threatened to cut ties with West Ham. So, yeah, you know, there are consequences to actions. Uh, not everyone feels that way, though. Um, fellow West Ham player Mikhail Antonio said that Zuma may have been treated unfairly. Basically, he asked if what uh, Zuma did was worse than racism. Um, Karam, we know your opinion about this. Uh, I want to get your view on this, Nick, because, you know, to me, uh, the key word here is abuse. Right? Uh, any form of, of abuse should not be tolerated, be it animal, racial, sexual, or any other form of abuse. Uh, as a public figure, he has to face uh, consequences. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. This kind of thing should not uh, be allowed to happen. Yes, uh, it doesn't change the fact that Kurt Zuma is a good player, but it also doesn't mean that he's not a horrible person you know, for doing what he did. So you can't say that, yeah, he's an animal abuser, but let's close one eye because he's also a good footballer. You know, it, it doesn't work that way because uh, in, in today's climate, especially, what you do off the field is almost as important as what you do on it. So whether, like you said, Faisal, whether it's animal abuse, sexual abuse or, or drug abuse, uh, there, there has to be consequences. Oh, by the way, Johan, just... Put the put your phone down for a bit, okay? Later, next time, I don't know. <laughs> Another case of people getting into trouble because they were filming what they were doing. Exactly. So, <laughs> get a clue. All right, moving away from West Ham, uh, it was business as usual for Manchester United and their interim boss, Ralphie Gunnar-Soltshire. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I've been waiting a long time to use that one, man. <laughs> Uh, one all draw against bottom of the table, Burnley. Uh, guys, what more can be said, man? So this is the second match that I think United played extremely well in the first half. They dominated the match until they came out for the second half. So to be honest, I'm quite. It's a mix. It's it's a mixed emotions for me. Uh, I was very very happy with the with their first half performance, but something is still not right. Uh, in Ralph Rangnick's team, uh, especially in the second half. But maybe, just maybe, uh, United are heading the right way, even though they are not getting the points right now, not getting the maximum points. But the, the performance, the style of play is somehow, some way, especially in the first half, is heading in the right direction. Yeah, but then the problem is this is a game where the result is sometimes more important than the performance, <laughs> right? So that's a bit of a Isn't problem. That true for all it? matches, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but okay. But I think the big thing is that United's top four chances are actually in in serious jeopardy. They are now in what fifth place. They are one point of the top four, but Arsenal, Spurs, and uh, Wolves below them have games in hand. So if they are not careful, if they continue to drop points like this and if the other teams start to pick up the pace and start winning, United could find themselves in 7th or, God forbid, even 8th place, which means that you know even the Europa League will then be out of reach. And I, for one, do not want to see them play in the Conference League because I can't be bothered. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, um, good news for Arsenal. They beat Wolves 1-0 despite being a man down uh, for their first win of 2022. And it only took them one and a half months. Yeah, it's it's not it's not that hasn't been that good for Arsenal. Uh, I think the the issue between the transfer issue between uh, of Aubameyang did play the part. Uh, Arsenal does not have a, a out and out striker currently, except for Lacazette, but he's not in in the best form. Uh, Martinelli is still young, but. This win is good for Arsenal, I think, uh, for Mikel Arteta just to get his team back on track, just to boost their morale for the next match against Brentford. I'm sticking out my neck here. I'm just saying that Arsenal's gonna, Arsenal is going to make make it to the top four at the end of the season. Okay, I'm saving this comment and uh, yes. I'm going to play it on repeat if they don't <laughs> at the end of the season. <laughs> Also, Everton suffered their first defeat under Frank Lampard, losing 3-1 to Newcastle. See, unfortunate for him though, because he went from one extreme to the other. Over the weekend, he had a, a relatively easy FA Cup tie against uh, a lower-ranked opponent. And then after that, he went straight into a relegation dogfight against Newcastle and a very determined Newcastle to boot. So it's like a reality check for Lampard, you know, that the Premier League is his no walk in the park, although he'll, he probably already knows that. Um, the, the thing is, I still think he has what it takes. Uh, and, and also bear in mind that his new signings, uh, Deli Ali and, and Donny van der Beek, will, will, will need some time to, to get sharp and to gel with the rest of the team. But unfortunately for him, I, I think Everton, uh, time is, is not on Everton's side. Uh, they are currently, what, two points of the relegation zone, picking up just two wins in 16 matches. So Lampard is going to have to find a way to motivate his players and get everyone firing on all, all, all cylinders very, very quickly. In other results, uh, leaders Man City beat Brentford 2-0. Southampton beat Tottenham 3-2. Uh, Liverpool had a 2-0 home win against Leicester. Uh, before we go, guys, just a quick word about Wilson Sim. Word. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> uh, the Malaysian swimmer announced he's uh, leaving the national setup and will try his luck as an independent athlete. Uh, big decision, given that the SEA Games is just around the corner. Yes, it is. And it's kind of a trend right now, right? All the athletes are leaving their, their, their persatuan. Um, but uh, Wilson do have a legit reason for him leaving the, the, swimming, the national swimming team. Uh, he said that he has been stagnant for quite a while, so he wanted to take a different route uh, to train independently I, I don't know just to try his luck maybe he he knows what he wants he knows what he can improve by training alone with his own team uh, like you said Faisal it's, with the SEA Games around the corner I'm not quite sure if this is the right time for him to do that uh, sh if he wanted to leave I think he should have left earlier but I don't know. We just hope for the best, pray for the best for Wilson Sim. Uh, he has won a couple of gold medals for Malaysia before this. So maybe he might just win another one uh, in Vietnam. And, and he's the second uh, recent high-profile athlete after Lee Zijia to quit the national setup, like you mentioned. And, and for me, this raises some interesting questions. Was it just a coincidence that uh, two of Malaysia's top competitors decided to become independent athletes within such a short span of time? Or did Zijia's decision perhaps influence uh, Wilson in some way. You know, perhaps we'll never 
We'll never know. But I, I think that this is a good opportunity for the national sports organizations, all the, like Karam said, the, the Persatuan, uh, to take stock of what they're doing to re-evaluate their programs to see if things can be improved. Because athletes are starting to realize that the national team is not the only option for them. You know, there are other avenues like going, you know, becoming independent. So uh, it's undoubtedly a more difficult path, but it's nevertheless another route for them to to consider. So I, I think if the athletes are moving along with the times, then the organizations also have to, you know, move along with them. Right. Let's see what the future has in store for uh, Wilson. With that, we've come to the end of another Portball Sportscast. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to tune in to the next one. I am Faisal Merikan. I am Karami Kamil. And I'm Nicholas John. <laughs>